Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast with your hosts, Right Warsha Brother George Mudry. Warsha Brother Joe. Warsha Brother Ken. And we are up here tonight, episode 124, Subduing the Passions. We're going to talk about it. We're each going to have uh, a different, I guess, what we consider a passion that should be subdued by Freemasons. I can't wait to hear about yours. But first, we have a couple things we need to do. All right. One. Oh, we got to charge cannons. Uh, my cannon is charged. Hold, please. Charged and aligned, baby. Cannon's right. charged and aligned. But we have some likes first. Let's go through them. People like us. They Anthony really Hawkins, like Derek Harris, Andrew Ward, Alexis Ramon Para Hernandez, Perry Harris Sr., and Braden Crow. Very cool. Very and cool. We actually got a recommendation, too. Wow. Forgot about that. We'll cover that in a minute. But, brethren, right hand arms. Two arms. Ready. Yes. Ready. Aim. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Aim. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 That's nice. Ken's still frozen. I wonder if it's on my uh, end. Maybe it's the. Uh, did you pause him? It's on my good side. No, it's got to be on your side because I restarted my bit. Uh, it's got to be on my side. Well, yeah, I did, brought, you, did you pause him in some way? I brought Ken's beautiful face back up on here, so we'll see what happens. He is quite the handsome man. You know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that freeze frame. It's my good side. So. <laughs> well, right. At least you don't look like you're high or drunk or something when catches you like mid blink. Right. Looking for the recommendation, so keep going, boys. <laughs> Please don't sing. What? What do you mean? Is it song time? Is it joke time? Yeah, you got a joke, Ken? Oh boy. Joke time uh, with Worship um, Brother Ken. There might be a new segment if you can if you uh, can nail this right now. I don't have a joke. I was more asking to see if you had one. You're always full of jokes. I always have jokes. I got jokes. I got questions. I so one of my favorite jokes, and I've probably said, I may have told this uh, before, but I'm actually looking at a bottle across the table at me right now that reminds me of a funny joke. Okay. Baby Seal walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, what will you have? Seal says, anything but a Canadian club on the rocks. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. You like That's that one, kid? You like that one? It's a little dark, but you know. It's not a little so dark, dark, but there, is, there literally is a but, bottle of Canadian Club across from me on the table right now. That's so. actually what I'm drinking. So, Canadian Club on the rocks. Oh. Anyway, 
I'll find it later. Uh, I can't see. Oh, here it is. Perry Mason Harris oh, yes. Jr. recommends Freemasons podcast. <laughs> he liked us last time and we did it, but mm. we did not read his recommendation. Correct. Very well informed. These guys give you the facts with a twist of humor. They are straight and forward with the craft and the history worth every bit of time you can listen. Very cool. Very oh, nice, Perry Mason. I got to get my Canadian whiskey. I got to get my Canadian club. Mm-hmm. And then we'll toast them. And I think this time we will allow uh, Ken to lead this one. Because we have one oh, other really? toast that we need to do. Oh, boy. After that. Nothing bad, but okay. you have the paraphernalia next to you, so that's what we're toasting. Okay. Now you're picking up what I'm putting down. I gotcha. All right. So uh, yeah. to Brother Perry Mason Davis, Perry Mason Harris, Harris Jr. Uh, Brother Ken, lead it. Yeah. To Brother Perry Mason Harris Jr. Brethren, right hand arms. Two, Two arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. Last thing. Well, second to last thing. Uh, we finally hung it. The uh, Aussie flag is up there in the corner. It's the uh, best place we can put it for now. They said you was hung. They was right. <laughs> Blazing Saddles <laughs> reference for everybody. Great movie. Um, hey, it covers up the missing uh, wood paneling, too. Yeah. 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 That's partly the reason why I hung it there for now. Aussie, but, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, I, I wanted to hang it, and I didn't want to wait to rearrange the wall, so I just wanted to hang it up there. So it's up there right. so everyone can see. And as soon as Ken decides to come out of lockdown and join us here, you'll be able to see more of the British flag. We're going to kidnap him. I think what I'm telling you, we're going to lap sack him. Yeah, just show up in a in a in a black van with just spray painted on the side, free candy. Do you have a ghillie suit? Wait for him to come out of the house and then just snatch him. No, I think you just. Do you have a ghillie suit? I do not have a ghillie uh, suit. I was gonna say you could just wait in his backyard, have him come out, have him come out when he comes out for a smoke. You just grab him. It would be funnier if we got the foot soldier, uh, the like the clan from uh, what is it? Uh, Please clarify. Teenage Mutant okay, Ninja Turtles, thank the you. Foot Clan, thank right? You. Okay, the thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're an ass. Well, I just wanted to see where you were going with that. <laughs> no, the Foot Clan from. Okay, all right. Just show up in like full on Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just show up in full on Ninja stuff and just jump out of the back of the van and just start beating the shit out of him in his front yard and just throw him in the van and just burlap sock. Yeah, it's got one of those clava things that covers everything. But yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could totally do that. Think so. You are all here because the outside world has rejected you. <laughs> <laughs> that was from the first movie. So I'm just oh, saying, no, second yeah. one. Ken, if you, were to, if you were to go outside on Sunday at about 2 o'clock in your front yard, hmm, hmm. just saying. I think I might be out there, uh, you know, raking, raking the front yard or something. Right. Get a tan. Maybe it's supposed to be nice. It'd be funny, though. Sunbathing. Because yeah. as we're grabbing Ken to bring him in the van, to bring him up to the podcast, he's going, no, please, please stop don't it. Take, stop stop it. it. I'm resisting. <laughs> If I die, tell my wife I said hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're a tall guy, Ken. What do you what do you weigh? Like two hundred? Two ten? Uh two two twenty five. I could get you up on my shoulder. Yeah, we can do this. If you had to. No, we could we could do that. Totally we could do that. Joseph Schultz, maybe we're deaf. Oh, I haven't been uh, looking at the the live feed yet. 
Uh, they're saying Ken is in his robot voice. Oh, Ken has an echo. All and right. I think they're saying uh, with the subtitles. Yeah. Is there a way to change the language in the subtitles? I don't know, but I will. <laughs> because aren't we big in the Philippines or is it Indonesia? Yeah. Where are we big? Indonesia, yeah, right? Indonesia. <laughs> Find out what they oh, speak yeah, we're there. Number one. <laughs> we're number one in Indonesia. <laughs> I think as a, as a tribute to them, oh, we should put shit. the subtitles in Indonesian. There's got to be a setting for that. Uh, There's got to be. That would be funny. Or at least put the Indonesian flag up there or something. Absolutely. Oh, God. Okay. Good idea, Ken. I'll order one on eBay later. Yeah, we're number one in Indonesia. We're like the David Hasselhoff of podcasts in Indonesia. Yeah, baby. Don't hassle the Hoff. So let me ask you a quick question as far as the subtitles. If you misspeak a word, will it automatically correct it? Actually, I just swore a minute ago and it gave question marks. Oh, okay. <laughs> So they're like, hey, nice. even I don't even know what the frig he's saying. <laughs> Captions are auto-generated. It says. <laughs> yeah, you How does the computer know what the hell I was talking about? <laughs> Facebook just I was like, I'm waiting for Sucker to be like, f*** you, I'm doing this. <laughs> Let's see if it uh, captures Zuckerberg <laughs> properly. Oh, Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's a little bit of a delay. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, all right. Uh, so, Joe, you have another package over there, and it's from... Oh, well, I got a package. Let Brothers. Me oh, you mean the parcel. Yes, and it came from uh, Brother Scott Walter, and I wanted you to open it because I wanted you to read what it was, what, the f what, what he wrapped it in. <laughs> wow. So he's got the new faces of the Vikings. <laughs> it's a newspaper It's a newspaper, <laughs> newspaper sports section. From the new faces of the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings entered the weekend with a lot of holes to fill, just like George, of their roster and claimed 15 new players, their largest draft class since 1985. Vikings. I thought it was pretty funny, though, that he wrapped it in a newspaper and he made sure the new faces that the, of the new Vikings. faces of the Vikings <laughs> was right That's on the... Brother Scott. That's, That's Brother funny. Scott. But why don't you open up the rest of it while All you're right. standing there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Christmas only thing. and it yeah. is it is a book from not Scott Walter really it is, it is America Nation of the Goddess the Venus families and the founding of the United States by Alan Butler and Janet oh. Walter that's Very awesome nice. oh there's a nice little note inside oh what do you write let me read it first and see oh wait it feels like cash really oh god it's heavy like cash Oh, awesome it's kind of like great. cash. Lapel pins. No, oh. challenge coins. All right, These all right. Let's um, Masonic cash. All right. His challenge coins that look like the cover of his uh, Templars. Very cool. Uh, oh, the the, the most current book that's out. Ah, uh, very cool. Where it's got the yeah. um, the Ankh, the Tyler sword, the trowel, and the uh, Templars cross. Map of North America in the background. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. It's got the hook text on the back. And uh, Cryptic Code of the Templars in America, The Origins of the Hooked X is the name of the book. Um, and the only other thing we have over there is uh, we have a book from Jake Dean. And I, I mentioned it in the last podcast, but he was asking if we got our package. Joe, can you talk about it real quick? Just uh, I just got to go see the doc real fast. About Jake Dean's package? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Oh, that book. I was going to say, I haven't seen Jake Dean's package. Um, so Jake Dean well first and foremost you know I used to like Jake Dean but what he decided to do as a nice little F you to me 
was, oh, look what he put inside the book that he sent us. A pamphlet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Son of a... And then he had, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but it's marked to a book called, or uh, marked to a uh, chapter or section called The Holy Grail. So perhaps he thinks pamphlets are the holy grail of masonry. <laughs> we can have that, that debate on another day. But it's actually a, a really cool book, uh, The Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. Uh, it's an excellent, excellent book. Mm-hmm. Just like any other Manly P. Hall book, you've got to, uh, it might take you a couple times to figure it out. Might uh, might need to uh, read something twice because a lot of his stuff is, is kind of out there. And it's one of those that I always explain when I read the first read The Lost Keys of Freemasonry. I got through it, and I'm like, what the hell did I even read? I put it down for like three or four years, went back to it. And I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. But really cool stuff here. Thank you to Brother Jake Dean and... Uh, Worcester brother, 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 <clears throat> brother Joe Schultz. Does it have pictures for George? It does have pictures. Nice, very nice. Um, right next to the pamphlet, there's some uh, pretty nice illustrations in there. All right, what so, do you say? We get into our topic now. Let's get into our topic. Topic dun, 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 of dun. night: subduing the passions. Running with the night. Uh, so we don't have a guest. I think we got one Sunday, but I'll have to verify Do with we? Rafferty. Rafferty's been like I don't know on hiatus, just kind of. We don't give vacations on this on our staff. <laughs> we don't give vacations. Yeah, we don't give. There's no PTO. I already talked to HR about that. We've all rejected. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I just want to say that you know earlier today I had a, a great conversation with Brother Mike Hambrecht. I talked to him earlier oh, today. Oh, we haven't heard we haven't heard from him in a while. So uh, I talked to him. Uh, I want to say a couple of days ago, and uh, I had to cut the phone call short because I had to proceed with getting on the phone and or driving home and beating the shit out of my kid because he was being metaphorically, metaphorically, metaphorically. We don't need uh, DCF on your ass. Right. Um, but I, uh, Rafferty sent me the middle finger because <laughs> I said he's on vacation. Um, but uh, so I talked to him today and we had a great conversation and we were just, uh, I don't want to get into the, the specifics of it, but we had a great conversation and we talked about military. I mean, we, when we meet him talk, we talk just in general about stuff. But uh, one of the things that I kind of drew from our conversation was talking about subduing in, you know, well, I'll get into what I believe is a passion that needs to be subdued by Freemasons. Um, but it, it made me come up in my head with this topic of subdu- subduing the passion. Was he mad about a bit that I did again? Mm, no, oh, okay, I don't. Okay. It was never brought up. But um, It wasn't about you this time, Joe. No, it wasn't about you. Well, shame on him. Which brings me, and I guess I'll lead this off with uh, subduing the passions, of uh, the passion that I believe that Masons need to subdue is ego bingo ego the ego is the number one passion in my opinion that needs to be subdued by masons um here's why so there are alpha males mm-hmm. and there are what is, what's the second one? betas 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 you got your omegas at the bottom omegas are at the bottom but your alpha males are typically and i guess i would say at least a third of men are would you say alphas, roughly? Yeah, that A type A personality. Type A personality, yep. um, and that's this is one passion that I need to work on. True, truth be told, is subduing your passions of my ego. 
not that I have a big ego, but it can get out of hand. So you and I have um, a different spin on that for you, but I'll let you finish. One of the th- so one of the things that that uh, it, it's very difficult for a man just in general sub- to, to subdue the ego, uh, especially in a Masonic setting when everybody wants to be the best. A uh, perfect example is uh, when you become the master of a lodge or a district deputy or a grand lodge officer or even any of the appending bodies, you get to that position of power. Uh, again, we've talked about it before. Uh, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And to be able to reel that in is a very, very tough thing to do when you get to that stage of having that power. Um, and I, I guess I, we were talking back and forth just about you know, Masons who get upset about how an election goes for is a perfect example of mm-hmm. subduing the passions. How many times have you seen a Mason or any man or any, uh, this even goes outside of Freemasonry with the ego. Uh, how many people have gotten to a position where they were supposed to get to a higher position? Yeah, it could be a promotion it at could work, be a promotion at work. Yeah. And then you didn't get it. <clears throat> and your natural reaction is to just flip your shit or completely, um, break your character. Yeah. Whereas you embarrass yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I even looked at it. I look at it from a even a history standpoint. I mean, perfect example to me would be uh, General Lee. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a good example. He was losing at Gettysburg. Was losing, but his ego wouldn't allow his mind to say, "Yeah, charging." Pickett's Hill, or one of the Pickett's Charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dumb freaking idea. Right, not, it's, it's the dumbest thing. You don't got to be Stonewall freaking Jackson to know that I don't run across four football fields of open cannon fire and charge a hill with a a dug-in enemy position. Right. Uh, even who knew the, you were coming? Adolf Hitler. Another perfect example of a man with a giant ego who probably should have told his forces, yeah, retreat out of Stalingrad, but his ego wouldn't allow him to take that loss. Right. Uh, Napoleon's so, downfall. Napoleon. Any, anybody that, that, like you said, that rides the, rises right. to prominent power, um, not anybody, but there's a good amount of people that their ego gets in the way and they mm-hmm. don't have a way to check themselves or they haven't been smart enough to surround themselves with people that will help them check themselves and mm-hmm. whisper good counsel to them. And their ego gets out of control. Right. And, you know, from a, I guess, a Masonic standpoint, you would even say that, is it really pride in a sense, too, where you think you're, I don't know, you know what I'm looking for? It's not pride. It's something else. Egotistical or... It's uh, hubris is what it is. It's that extreme overconfidence. Yeah, overcome. There you go. That you just... It's it's in a way it's you feel like you it's condescending because you mm-hmm. think you're above right your normal Mason you think you're Unfounded above overconfidence yeah there you go there you, thanks Ken. I think about it even of like you know a lot of things and this is true in Masonic lodges when you as a master you serve one year right you serve one year and a lot of the things that you want to implement during your year don't happen until your successor takes over right if he decides to continue it. And a lot of the time is that master who takes over for you 
gets the credit Absolutely. for something you did. Absolutely. And there's so many Masons that get pissed off about that, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I did it. That was my idea. Man. Right. Like, that was my. I laid the foundation. Yeah. And just, there's for me, you know, as a Mason, one of the things that we talk about in Freemasonry, and we are a lodge. This isn't, you know, George Mudry forty-seven. This isn't Joe Zanino forty-seven or one forty-two or whatever. It's not, you know, right. Ken Tarwood. Right. Ken Tarwood 42, it's everything you do is for the craft. And it's very difficult for some Masons to realize that it's for the greater good. And it's not about you. And, you know, so how how do you reel that in? How how do you prevent that ego from getting out of control? Uh, For me, one of the things that I do is I try not to take credit for anything. I, I, I don't like saying, oh, you know, well, I did this and I did that. You know, contrary to popular belief, I know there's a lot of ball busting and a puppet that was made about it. But you know, for for instance, I you know, how do I put it? We'll, we'll use this show for example is the best example. It's like I wanted, I wanted to have a team. I wanted you. I wanted Ken, and I wanted the fact. Perfect example of when we make a decision that I don't have all of the. I don't have the know-all, end-all, say-all. Right. Uh, one of the things we talked about when we were coming up decisions, well, do I get a second vote or how we can vote? Eventually, somebody had come up with the idea, and I don't remember who gets I credit. I think it was Rafferty. It. I'm pretty sure it's Rafferty. Hey, if you make a proposition, you don't get a vote. You don't get a vote. And right. I thought that was – oh, uh, so I think that's that was genius. Perfect. Because clearly I'm biased. I came up with the idea. Why would – Right. I'm going to clearly vote one way. Right. Let the other three vote. I think it's very important to find a way that you can check and balance yourself. Absolutely. Uh, in all aspects of life, uh, even in a Masonic Lodge, you know, it's very good. We talked about it in a prior podcast of having a patriarch of the lodge. I think that's that's very important is to have somebody who's above a master that when the master gets out of bounds or does something that is, you know, it's an egotistical thing, right. somebody can be like, hey, you need a guide. <laughs> you need a guide. He's a guide. He, he's a Masonic guide that when you start to, he's going to let you go. But when you really start to veer off path, he's going to get get you back in there. It's like Absolutely. it's like a shepherd. Mm-hmm. It's it's exactly like a shepherd, and you you kind of keep the flock together. They're going to roam. They're going to do their thing. You don't want to be overbearing. Right. But if they start to go in a really bad direction, uh-huh. you just scooch them back on. And I want to be clear. It's not masonry isn't telling you to not have an ego. I think a lot I think everybody should have some sort of an ego as long as it becomes not a megalomaniac type thing. You know. Well, it depends on your definition of ego. Ego it's, meaning because you can be proud of yourself because I, a lot of people who don't have an ego and you know they also Everybody has an ego. Everybody has everybody an ego. Has it's an important ego. to have an ego. It's important to feel good about yourself and believe in yourself because the opposite end of that is depression and right. self-doubt. Or just apathy. And you don't a- care apathy. at all. You don't care you don't at all. You don't care at all. So I think it's important to have an ego. And I want to be clear that masonry isn't telling you to not have an ego. It's telling you to subdue your right. passion. Even it ego. out. Balance it. Everything. It's not saying don't have one. It's right. saying keep it in check. That's what subdue right. is. doesn't mean get rid of it. It just means balance. Keep an eye Bring on it. Bring a balance. And, that, and that's, that goes into everything that even the simple symbols as the, the tile in the floor of the lodge. Mm. There is good. There is evil. Right. You know, they balance each other out. Right. You know, and you can't, you can't have evil 
without good and you can't have good without evil and they keep each other in check. Right. Good obviously we wins most of the time, but it's not ignoring that evil exists. It's there. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to compensate with the light to balance out the darkness. And you also need to recognize that and again, I hate to be sound cliche, but you need to recognize the first step of of fixing things is to recognize that I have a problem. Right. Yeah, I right. mean, not to sound cliche in AA, but I mean it's true. You need to recognize that yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of an egotistical asshole if I wanted to be. I'm overbearing sometimes. Anybody and, can be. And, but how do, no so now the question is how do I check this? Right. Uh, Jim Delvaney, he writes, uh, an ego as in confidence but not cockiness. Absolutely. Right. But, because that ego, to me, ego can be, it's that sense of personal pride. Right. It's that sense of personal accomplishment. It's what drives you to do better. Right. It's what drives you to become better. Mm-hmm. And unless you can appreciate the small wins on the way of that journey and celebrate them a little bit. Right. Not saying you have to throw yourself a freaking parade, mm. but acknowledging the fact that you did something that benefited the lodge and the craft as a whole is not a bad thing. Right. Mm. You, and, and my simple rule is, and, and I'll let you continue. Mm. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no you're fine. Keep going. Keep going. I was, I was, you had me intrigued. Here, here's, here's the way that I keep myself in check with ego. One, the first thing I try to do is I remember the lecture from the degree where they tell you, you know, even the purple may bless your apron one day, but Mm. you can never obtain a higher degree than that of Master Mason. Right. So that keeps you in check. Mm -hmm. But simple rule for myself is you have 24 hours to celebrate. Right. Anything that you're talking about that you did that happened more than 24 hours ago, mm-hmm. nobody cares. Right. Move on to the next thing. You know, it's like going to your high school reunion and you've got this, you know, the uh, captain of the football team who's now bald and weighs 500 pounds. Yeah, I, I caught three touchdown passes in the state championship game in 1990. Who cares? It's like uh, If that's the pinnacle of what you've accomplished in your life was 30 years ago... You're in bad shape, dude. It's like it's like the uncle from uh, what is that? Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it's him. It's it's Ted Bundy or uh, not Ted Bundy? Wow, Al Bundy. Al Bundy. <laughs> Paul Cut. Ted Bundy. Whole different thing. <laughs> but Al. But you know, celebrate it for 24 hours. Right. Move on to the next challenge. Mm-hmm. Look for that next celebration. That next thing. Don't spend time looking past or looking in the past on on your accomplishment. Right. I also think, and I'm going back to that. You need to, once you recognize that, yeah, I, I could potentially have an ego issue, um, and I, everybody to a degree, I believe, has an ego. Mm-hmm. Once you recognize you have an issue, now you got to make steps to make sure that it doesn't get out of check. Well, what are the steps you do? Uh, me, for one, I put a bunch of people around me who will say, "Yeah, no," and then if you know, by some chance, I, I am able to overrule them or overbear them i have rafferty who will just straight up beat the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> well i just love sending you um, I had like a great <laughs> i just love sending you uh elsa memes saying let it go yes that's, that's yes. what i do because i know for a split second it infuriates you but then you're like yeah okay. damn he's right he's right <laughs> yeah i you know it's it's simple things once a week <laughs> <laughs> Come 
on, once a week, Ken? Seriously, once a week? You really think it's that I mean, much? That's the average. Uh... <laughs> I'll go. I'll go three times a month. How about that, Ken? That's a little less than once a week. But no, it's like one every ten days. In all seriousness, like, another thing is you need to be able to laugh at yourself and not take yourself so serious. Yes. Um, I, I, I truly believe that I actually enjoy laughing at myself and, and you know, I know there's other people that you'd pick on and make fun of or whatever and or, and they will get upset about it. Like, I see the faults in myself and it's at a point where I can actually laugh about my faults. I know I can't read for shit. I know that I have an ego so when you guys make fun of me with a freaking puppet, it's okay. Like, these things don't bother me. You know, there, it, it also keeps been you times? in check, though. By making fun of you with the puppet keeps you from getting too far out of control because you know the puppet's just going to ramp it up. Right. <laughs> so you're like, okay, let me tone it down. But I don't – I'm going to let you finish, but I, I'm, I don't think really think you have an ego. But go ahead. I don't think you have an out-of-control ego. I have an – Ego, but I, I I have learned to keep it in check. I believe um, one of the things that you know in my head, you know, everybody's got their own vision in their head, right? When I became district deputy, I thought there was going to be this grandioso, you know, my lodge was going to accept me, and you know, all of the United Grand Lodge of England was going to come over and have a big parade right. for me. And everything, yeah. and, you know, that's just you know something that pops in your head is like, yeah, I'm the man now, yeah. But they're in, you know, what a lot of district deputies, at least here in the state of Connecticut, when you go to district deputy, your lodge throws a like a reception reception for, for you. Yep. I didn't have that, and you know, I did it bother me at first. Yes, but one thing you need to do is you need to reflect on things, and I reflected, and I realized that at this point in Morningstar Lodge, I was the most senior guy. All the old guys had right. gone away. So these young guys who came in underneath me probably had no idea that that's what they were supposed no to do. no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you run into this problem of do I inform them of it or do I let just let it go? Informing them of it would have been my ego. I'm the district deputy now. You guys need to have a formal reception for me. So I went with let it go. Because it doesn't matter. See, and I think you can strike a balance there. I think you could let it go for your year, but then the next guy that comes in through your lodge, you make it a point to and, inform them and educate them. And somebody, hey, we didn't do this for you. Yeah, I know. And that's not going to happen to anybody from this lodge again. So now you guys know this is what we do. Right. And truthfully, that would be my contribution to the lodge. Again, right. it's not about me. It'd be about who's going to be the district deputy after me. Right. So, yeah. And it could potentially be somebody from your lodge, and right. mm-hmm. and you would you would know that. But I, I'm kind of feeling like a proud papa right now, a little bit. Why? Because like, I what do I always preach to you? Elsa memes aside, don't what take everything mean? personally, man. Not everything's about you. Not everything's a personal attack on you. It's not directed at you. I've been preaching that to you for over a year yeah. now, uh-huh. and I think that's another way to to keep your ego in check. It's not uh-huh. personal. And like to hear you say that makes me really happy. <laughs> and realistically, I do take a lot of advice from you, even Ken as well. Ken is a uh, he he's very talks in a you know Warshaw brother Ken giving you a little bit of a uh, cred here. You know he talks. In, I'm ready. He talks in a way that he makes you realize that it's not that serious. You know both of you do. And even if I'm still hot, Rafferty will just 
pummel the living hell out of me. So <laughs> he'll just at sit some on you point, you I got to cool down. Yeah, you know? he'll just sit on you in the middle of the floor. <laughs> you can't get up until you, until you expend all your energy. So I think that pretty much covers ego. So I'm going to toss it up to, let's do uh, Brother Ken. What do you have that you believe is a passion that Masons, Masons need to subdue? Um, based on what I've seen over the last, you know, 10 or so years in masonry, I would say anger is number one. Ah, very nicely. Right. Um, I don't have a huge temper. I I know a lot of brothers that, that do, and it's okay, right? Like it's okay to get fired up when you need to, but you're also, I mean, I, I harp on this a lot, but you're also a representative of the fraternity, right? When you're out there in the world. So if you're, you know, if you're getting angry with road rage, we had a great a great conversation on free chat and discord recently about road rage and having Masonic emblems on your car and stuff. Or, you know, if you're wearing Masonic hats or something to work and you work in an office environment or you have, you know, stickers or something in your office that have the square encompasses on them, everybody's looking to you for their idea of what the fraternity is about. Right. You, you really have to, if you have a temper, you really got to work really hard to subdue, I'm not saying, you know, subdue it entirely, right? Because then it'll just fester quietly as a mental illness and nobody wants that, right? But like, you know, get it out in private, not in public, not in front of other people because you are a representative of the fraternity. That's that's huge. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree I, yeah, more. Definitely. I mean, you guys, I don't know what I'm going to say when you guys come back to me because I think you picked the two biggest ones with ego and anger. And like, I can remember two specific... Eh, three specific times um, in the last 10 years down in my mother lodge where I lost it on my brothers. I lost it on them. And I look back and I'm embarrassed by it. Mm. You know, if <laughs> worship brother John Gates is listening, he, he knows about, oh, there he, oh, no, that's Jason uh, Goodell. I look quick thoughts at John Gates. Um, John Gates was there for, I think two of the <laughs> two of the three. Maybe it's his. Was one. one of them during a chili cook-off, per chance? No, I didn't lose it till after that one. That one, I that one, I I, I uh, kept in. I, I learned my lesson by then. But one was um, over a building corp issue, and I wanted a report from the building corp for my annual report in my interim year as master. And the building corp president calls me the night before, and says, "You know, I just read the bylaws, and I don't have to give you any of this information." Oof. And I remember, and I was driving back from New Hampshire that night, and like I'm in Hartford, do not leave that because there was a building court meeting at the lodge that night. I said, do not leave that lodge. I will be there in 20 minutes. Sure as crap, I made it from Hartford to Easton in 20 minutes. That's how fired up I was, which is not a, a safe thing to do. Um, Grand Lodge has a different opinion on that too, by the way. Exactly. Not building corporations after <laughs> exactly. But I, I showed up at that and virtual brother Charlie Everleth, great brother, love him to death. I ripped into him in front of three or four other Masons like you read about. And he tried to say, like, hey, calm down, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk through this. And I, I just ripped into him because I was so frustrated. And it was my interim year, which those of you that know the story, it was a stressful year. Um, but I was not happy about the the way that, and I still feel bad about that to this day. That was 2015 that that happened, and to this day I still uh, still feel bad about that. And one of them was at um, a past master's degree, and one of my triggers, and I, at least I know what my triggers are, and I think that's a big key to subduing any passion. Yep, is Be knowing mindful. what yep. triggers you. Right. 
I cannot stand bullies. I, I just can't stand it. And another brother was bullying another brother during a past master's degree of all things. Yeah. And I lost it. And I, I just, again, ripped into that brother. But And, of course, my AGM at the time was now the district deputy. Um <laughs> Was in the room when it happened. Right. So I lost it, did my thing. I went back in and I apologized to the whole room and I, I handled it. But, you know, there are just certain things that, that trigger you. So I think a key, whether it be anger, whether it be ego, know your triggers. When you see them coming, time to take a step back. Yeah. And none of us are perfect, right? So if we do screw up, apologize for it and learn from it. And that's the thing. That's the key. Be a gentleman. You know, you you spoke before when you were talking about ego, and I Mm -hmm. equated it to not getting a promotion at work. Mm -hmm. Not only are you looking at that person that you promoted, because you're pretty confident you made a a good decision, but you're also looking at the other people that didn't get the promotion and how they handle that and how they go about their business after getting that turned down. And that speaks a lot about a person and people that handle it well usually end up getting that next promotion because they know what they didn't do they know what they need to work on and they didn't like bang out sick the next day because they were all pissed off that they didn't get the job you know so there's the way that you handle when you make mistakes the way that you handle when you get bad news reflects on you as as a person and especially as a mason and like you said worshipful brother ken we're not nobody's perfect we all have we probably all have a handful of moments we can point back to where we are not happy. You know, you talk about anger. Um, farm degree a couple years ago, I had two members of my lodge that are police officers pull me aside and sit me down and tell me to calm down. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, we we're the quote unquote uh, worshipful, uh, worshipful master Mark Zuccarella. Like, this is what I do for a living. I'm a trained observer. <laughs> You're about to pop. <laughs> you need to go over. You're getting a timeout. Before you actually pop, you're getting a timeout. So he's a, he's a officer down in Greenwich. And the other mem- brother of our lodge is captain of police in Greenwich. And they were the two that pulled me aside. And like, dude, you're about to pop. You need to calm down. Go over there and sit down. Just don't talk to anybody. So that's go useful because Absolutely. You know, if you're not. Go ahead, worship brother. Oh, sorry. So, I mean, if, if you're not able to be mindful of your situation and maybe you're going over the tipping point, it always pays to have good brothers around you who can identify that and let you know and talk you down off that ledge before you go over it. And I think that is that is the key to one of the things that we do as a fraternity that will teach you those lessons. You surround yourself with the right people that aren't afraid to pull you aside and whisper good counsel to you. It makes you a better person. We talk about making good men better and how you do that. Having somebody that's not afraid to pull you aside as a grown man mm-hmm. and yep. not, not necessarily chastise you, but say, hey, look, you need, you need to subdue your passions. You need to remind yourself of your obligations, and mm-hmm. this is what you're doing. It's humbling. It's humbling, especially if it's somebody that you genuinely respect, <laughs> and you're like, wow, yeah, I am being an a-hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the situation were turned, the you know they would do the same for you, or you would do the same for them. So that's what the fraternity is about. So, uh, Joe, yes, do you have another one? I know it's a hard one. to so recovered anger. 
We covered anger and ego. We covered ego. If you don't have one, I have one. So. Well, you know, it, it kind of goes with ego a little bit, but it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Envy. You know, it's one of the seven deadly sins. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's kind of a, a stepchild to ego because you know, it's one of those things where, again, it goes back to my two rules, which I'll remind everybody. Don't be an a-hole, number one. <laughs> number two, mind your business. Right there spoketh the Lord. <laughs> you know, if somebody is doing well, in masonry, the worst thing that I hate, one of the things that I hate is somebody bitching about somebody getting a position or a job that they didn't go for. Ding, 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 ding. Tell him what he's won. It's like, oh, I how could they elect him master? Did you throw it. your name in? Well, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, then shut up. Like, stop. And, like, people will I want to just, say just hate on is... people before, be, just because of they're in a certain position. Not that they've done anything wrong with them, but they're jealous. And I just want to say, this isn't just for Masons. This is No, this life. is in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is in life. And it's, it's that jealousy slash envy. Uh-huh. Where it's like, dude, just, can you just be happy for them? Right. Support them. Uh, it's, I don't know, people... Sometimes people really suck. Mm. They really do. But the, the good thing about the fraternity is we can we can reel you back in most, mm-hmm. of, the time. most of the time. We can all suck together. <laughs> and we will all <laughs> suck together. <clears throat> so I have another one. And this one might not be one you guys have thought about. And the, the thing that I think of in my head when I say this word is definitely from, uh, what is it, the devil's advocate? Vanity. Oh yeah, my yeah, yeah. favorite yeah. sin. Yeah, vanity. And I give you a perfect example. We have things in Freemasonry that, uh, me personally, I love the rich history of Freemasonry. Right. So, when somebody gives you something, and I've seen this happen before, that's very, very, very old, and um, you know, via be an apron or something like that, one of the rounded aprons yep. or something that's a little tattered or torn or but it, it's it's something like for instance that Templar apron, I can't even tell you how freaking oh, yeah, yeah, old yeah. that thing is. But it was given to me. And sure, I can go on uh, you know, JP Luther and buy a brand new one, but it doesn't hold the same gravity as something old. So this is what I bring in vanity for. There's so many Masons that they will get something that, well, it's not brand new. Oh, this is hand me down. Oh, oh perfect example. Yeah, yeah. And I have to just say, Templary and swords. You have no idea somebody who gets a sword that's kind of dull, or maybe you know the blade isn't as shiny as it was, but it's got another knight's name on it from. 1920 or something like that. Yeah, see, I would, but it's I, not good enough because they yeah, need the they bright, want the one with their name gold. on it. Yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah. have their name on it. They want the crusades on the you know uh, on one side of the blade because you can get swords that are, are acid etched with the actual crusade scene yeah. on the blade. So they have to have the 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 newest metal. They have to have the newest chapeau. They have to have like 
Truth be told, and I'll bring it back to the Templars, and this is where I'm drawing this vanity thing from, is the Templars and getting, you know, modern-day Templars getting old, you know, old gear and being pissed off about, oh, it's got an old ostrich feather. Now they're all emu feathers or whatever they are. So it's they're more they're more fluffy and stuff. But the ostrich feathers were literally flat. Right. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see the spine of the feather on it. Well, that's, you know, it's that's too not old. Good it's not anymore. good enough, right? And I bring it back to the old ancient Templars. They actually were given the same thing. The ancient Templars were given old, you know, um, what are they called? The tunics or whatever they were, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. over their thing. Yep. They were old. They were some not, you know, they were still workable. They were tattered. You know, some of them had, you know, fringe and all that stuff. But you couldn't ask for a new one because they would throw you out of the order because of it. Right. Because you were meant to be humble. You were meant to you know, understand that it's not about your your material things. It it's it was more to it than that. Right. And that's one of my I hate <coughs> one of my most hated I guess things is Masons that are, are vanity. And I won't say just Masons again. We're talking about just in life in general. Right. Vanity. Yeah. Vanity and having the shiniest jewel or, you know, oh, how come I didn't get this? Or how come I didn't like it's material shit. It's right. the it's the message behind it that you should understand. Absolutely. And I and I, I can add on that and I can give you two different examples where like somebody may, you've seen my past master's apron. Mm-hmm. It's pretty extravagant. Uh-huh. But I was told, pick out something you want. Right. So it was a reflection of my personality as a Mason, my journey as a Mason, and mm-hmm. what I wanted. Right. So that's a little bit <laughs> and extravagant. I and I However, clear. But, but to balance that, mm-hmm. I was given a past master's jewel right. from a past master who was... The master of the lodge went out the year I was born. It just happened to work out that way. And his name is etched on the back. And uh-huh. the year he was master is etched on the back. And it actually is pre-merger. And it just says Aspetuck Lodge number 142. Uh-huh. Right. And people are like, oh, you can add a bar to it. Have your uh-huh. name added to the back. Like, no, I'm good. Right. You know, here's a master that wore this and was master of the year. Excuse me, that I was born. Mm-hmm. And there's a rich history. It's pre-merger. Right. There's a lot going on with it. I'm not touching that. Right. I, I took it as a, you know, uh, quite, a, quite a nice gesture that they would give me a past master's jewel from somebody who was a prior, a past master of the lodge, and I wear it with honor. Right. And I like to think of it as when I'm wearing it in lodge, I'm not just representing myself. I'm mm-hmm. representing him. I'm keeping his memory right. alive, his year alive. And people right. are like, oh, it's a nice, oh, who's, who's is that? Oh, it belonged to uh, worshipful brother Carlton Emery. Yeah. yeah. Perfect example of that is, you know, our, our first master of Morningstars was Abel Wheeler. And he was actually the, um, this is back in 1804. He was actually the, one of the charter member. He was a charter member of three different lodges. And I would, if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, this is the apron of Abel Wheeler from 1804. There is no freaking way I would rock any brand new apron over that ever. Oh, never. 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 And that thing could be 
actually it could be a smash bag of ass. That thing completely oh falling my God, apart. There's such a rich, still rich history there. Just because it's got so much history right. behind it. I mean, you could even go. Let's go to let's go to you know eighteen you know fifty seven or whatever. Or whatever, I don't know what year it is, but George Glindering was the mason who brought Morningstar Lodge. He resurrected their charter and brought him from Oxford to Seymour. If I had his apron, I would rock that thing every single day, Absolutely. too. And that's from 1851 or whatever it yeah. is. Hell yeah, I'd wear that. You're honoring the tradition. You're right. By do to me, by doing that, you're recognizing that the craft and the lodge and the craft are bigger than any one person. Mm. And you're keeping that tradition alive. History is something revered by Masons, and it's something that we should, I think, treasure. I mean, I've got a Templar sword that was given to me. It was handed down to me from my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And it's from, it's got another knight's name on it. And that knight, uh, he was knighted in 1918, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's engraved on the side of the blade. And I did some research on him, and it turns out he was um, like a professor and a chair for one of the departments in Yale University. Oh, wow. And was a knight. And I'm proud to use that sword. I'm not going to go get another sword. I'm not going to, you know, scrape or, uh, you know, acid, uh, acid remove the, the etching from it and put my own name on it. That's a piece of history that Absolutely. I now have. That's I, my sword. And I think it's very important, you know, we talk about vanity, and I know we're talking about, like, having new. There's nothing wrong with having something brand new that you want your own. But... I, you know the thing with that is 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 if I become grand commander and I got my own sword, I wouldn't keep it. No, you pass it. I on. would pass it on to the next guy. Yeah, and the next yeah, guy make a new. And tradition. now you're making new history. Right. I don't need that shiny sword. I don't need my name scribed in the side of it. But I would love to get a sword if you know, God willing, I become a right eminent grand commander of the state of Connecticut within six, five or six years. I would love to have a sword made, not my name, but just have Grand Commander on it and pass it on to my successor. Absolutely. Or something along those lines. Or, oh, without a doubt. Or, you know, one of the coolest stories I ever heard was from uh, New Haven Commandery and uh, St. John's Commandery in Pennsylvania. And when they were doing the triannual things, that they were passing swords back and forth to one another because they would stop through and... Actually, have a they come to a meeting at you know either yeah. commandery, and it became a tradition of where oh we'd show up here's your sword they'd show up here's your sword and it would go back and forth right and I think that's very important to just make your own history because you know what when you're in that freaking pine box six feet in the ground it ain't gonna matter how shiny no. your sword is nope. or how you know shiny your 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 jewels are your aprons or whatever it doesn't matter. No, vanity would be my number two. Yeah, so. yeah it's, I've even said to uh, my daughter, like with my aprons and anything that I have that's Masonic, I'm like, if you want to keep it and hold on to it as a memento, by all means, do so. But if you ever come to the point where you don't want it anymore, mm -hmm. take it back to the lodge. So I have a thought. Uh -oh. Two things. When I die, I want two things to happen. One, if I'm cremated... Fill me full of popcorn kernels, so when they stick me in the oven, I just start popping. I'll shove them right up your oh, Number God two sake. is if you're not going to cremate me, I want to be taxidermied in the Captain Morgan stance so nobody could put pants on me. <laughs> <laughs> give me some I think it's a great idea. Look, I'm just uh, saying. Too. 
with a smile on my face, cigar in my mouth. You can even do the bird on my shoulder. I don't care, but I'm going to okay. be bare ass with no pants on. With an apron or without an apron? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. All right. <laughs> I'll leave you, Ken, and Raph, in tender, loving care in charge of that. No, but I will say, you know, the speaking pu- of... Uh, the puppet's going with you, too. Yeah, the puppet's going with you, absolutely. <laughs> the puppet's going to be on his shoulder instead of the parrot. <laughs> yes, I'll do there it. That's fine. No, but... The, the, okay, but if you're going to do that, though, you need to record yourself on a voice box, okay, that has, I don't know, some solar power and everything, and every once in a while, I'll go... <laughs> in the puppet George voice. We could do that. We can arrange that. <laughs> they make those Christmas ornaments that you could record your voice. Right? It'll be like that. You go up and press, let me out of here. <laughs> I'm stuck. Get me away from this son of a bitch. But I will say this for, for those listening and, and me being the old man of the group here. We figured out, oh, I got a funny thing to bring up that we figured out last All night right. as far as Worship Brother Ken. All right. Um, but... I'll probably be the first to go. And I, I, I've given very explicit instructions. I'm to be cremated. Mm-hmm. And before I'm cremated, they're going to take off my, uh, my right leg from the shin down. Because I have about $10,000 worth of titanium in my leg. Oh. I broke so you're going to be recycled like a catalytic converter. Well, no, here's, I've given explicit instructions <laughs> that that titanium is to be melted down into 10 coins. Okay. And the first 10 people that show up at my funeral get the coin. They're going to get a Josenino challenge coin? You're going to get a Josenino challenge coin made from the titanium that's in my body right now. So if there's $10,000 worth of titanium, $10,000 worth of titanium. Can you dye metal? If you can dye metal, dye them ginger. (laughs) Make them red. How about like an orangish color? But there's going to be 10 coins. It'll be worth 1000 bucks each. Because there's $10,000 in titanium, make 10 coins, and first 10 people show up, boom. Okay. All right. I'm getting my coin. Take a piece with, <laughs> take a piece of me home with you. You might get clipped in the parking lot on Saturday. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to camp out in the parking lot the night before. We're going to hand out bracelets. you got to show up the day brewery. before and get a bracelet. It's you like can't a, outside with the little, the, the small little two-person tent. It's like just Black Friday. Outside. It'll be like Black Friday. <laughs> 100%. But it'll be worth it. You'll get a, a coin potentially worth $1,000. Limited edition to 10 oh, Um Challenge coins and lapel pins. I think you should go with lapel pins. Either or. That, that's a hefty lapel pin. <laughs> no, yeah, I want you, I want you to ride. carry me around in your pocket so you can jingle it every <laughs> once in a while. Um, but totally, can I go totally off topic? Yeah, absolutely. You can go wherever you want. <laughs> we determined that Based on general information from the internet and, Wiki- <sighs> and Wikipedia. Rafferty's taking shots at you. He said, hope it doesn't take as long to get those as it did the lapel pins. Hey, man. Oh. Not for nothing, Raf. <laughs> I, t- I got the lapel pins relatively quickly, con- <laughs> considering everything that was going on. And oh, they're, right. they're, they're in hand. And I'm not taking a shot at anybody. Yes, he is. But Raf's taking shots. So, whatever. He doesn't get a coin even if he's within the tent. <laughs> That's going right in the everybody. No, don't rap. say that because he'll beat my ass and steal one. Yeah, he'll be like broken down and being ready to make glue out of him by that point, like they do with the horses. It's like oh, a freaking Clydesdale. Oh. I love you too, Raph. I love you too. But what we determined last night, based on right. general knowledge or general 
rules and requirements. Right. Worshipful Brother Ken yep. is a millennial. Yes, he is. So am I. Yeah, right on the cusp. So am right I. On the cusp. You are too. You yep. eighty two, baby. Sons of b- Gen yep. X, baby. Yep. I am I a guess millennial. You're a millennial. It's good, it's good for our target demographic, right? It's good for the show. Yeah, we've got two of the three are millennials. I just yeah. don't want to identify with that generation. Just don't call me boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> What do you say, brothers? You got anything else? Any other passion you think that needs to subdued, or you think we've wrapped this up? I think we're we've done the three big ones. We I mean, we hit some really big yep. ones that usually cause the most disharmony and most of in a large and in society. And most other things actually fall under these categories. These three, I'd say at least: vanity, um, anger, yep, ego. What was the other one you threw up? Envy. 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 I threw envy. envy slash jealousy. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of those fall into that category. I mean, it, it all breaks down to eventually two, though, right? It breaks down into the Josephus's the two rules, right? Brother two Josephus's rules. two rules of civility: don't right. be an asshole, and mind your business. But sometimes it does happen on Discord, and uh, you do break down to be an asshole sometimes in Discord, which is but a funny asshole. Um, oh, for yeah. instance, uh, me and Danny are actually going to have a a boxing boxing match. match. Uh, we were, See, that's a good civil way to get your anger out. Right. And you know what? We we're were going to get you like the big inflatable gloves, too, to make it, <laughs> make it even more of a spectacle, like the big blow-up ones. No, we talked about it. And, you know, I will actually say that this conversation kind of – it started off as, I would say, probably a joke. And where Danny is a boxer, we were making fun of him, and then I was hitting the bag, and I sent the video of me punching the bag, and – it, it kind of evolved from there. Danny sent a funny video back and forth. That was that was really funny. Are you ready, my Dre? I'm ready. But he said it with the ice cream bar in his mouth. Right. He's, he, he's jumping on, I believe it was a Dove bar or a Magnum <laughs> ice cream bar or something. <laughs> like, like that's the equivalent. Dude, I almost fell off the couch laughing. I literally went to go take a sip of my beer. It was, was hysterical. Like, I had to spit it back into the bottle because I almost freaking died laughing. And then it Brother was- Devaney put it in super slow-mo. That made it sound. Even, oh. It made it even oh. funnier. Like, oh, 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 that, oh, I gotta recognize this, brother Bill Powell. George, make sure your gloves have American flags on them. It'll piss off the <laughs> <laughs> I will do that oh, and yeah. the and the Apollo Creed. You gotta go Apollo. Gotta Creed. go Apollo. Yeah. And you gotta do With the, the whole, top hat. I was ah. gonna say, but you can do that one, or you can do the whole. Um, Entrance from Rocky One, where he's dressed as Uncle Sam and he's being—he's throwing coins into the ring and he's being. Or actually, no, he's dressed yep. as George Washington. George in the Washington, first one. yep, yep. And that's your favorite one. Mason. Yes, that's it what is. I, I want to see. Totally do that. And you can throw candy into the crowd as you're being. You Ken and I are uh, pulling you in. So if you want to learn about, yeah, you got the wig. If you want to learn about the boxing match between me and Danny. How do you do that, Joe? You'd have to join Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You would get exclusive access to all Patreon content. Discord, which includes not only a, uh, a chat room, but a, a free chat, which is audio. And we also have a video option now as well. Uh, in addition, you will get a gold tone Freemason podcast, The Pell Pen. Not and from again, Joe's leg. Not from my leg. <laughs> That'll be real titanium. But for this, you get gold tone lapel pin. And again, for as little as $3 a month. Pay-per-view special. You gotta go closed circuit TV on that. (laughs) 
And here's what no, I'm going to throw out. The jokes, I just wanted to say that yeah. it started off as a joke. We've actually been talking about maybe doing it for charity and giving it to those of brothers, you know, the money that we raised for charity. If we were to do something like this, and it would yeah. be, I want to be clear, this ain't going to be no Floyd Mayweather Pacquiao fight. This is going to be, you know, headgear, three rounds. Oh, yeah. Whatever. On. Yeah. There's no way I'm going. Actually, it was funny, and I'm glad, I think it was Jim Delvaney put up a, a picture of. Me and then he put up a picture of Danny and he said ten rounds and Danny goes ten rounds yes I did see that. <laughs> and I'm like oh thank God he said it I didn't want to look like the pansy ass who wouldn't go ten rounds <laughs> but I, no I think most amateur bouts are three right most amateur bouts golden so. gloves and stuff I, like I that so. Olympics I think are three um, so. But I've got an idea for a preliminary bout for you, brother Bill Powell. So if George dresses as uh, is George dresses as George, does Danny dress as Queen Liz? Wow, <laughs> wow! Only if he wants to be a see you next Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> God. Please don't do that. <laughs> but I would just want to say that we would actually, if we we were to do this once this whole pandemic COVID is over with, uh, we would raise money for brothers who have been out of work uh, for an extended period of time. Me and Danny had talked about. Well, I want to I want to up the ante on this, and I think no, we. We, well, if you're going to have that big of a spectacle and we want to give people their money's worth for the money they're going to be donating to charity, you need a preliminary bout. Uh, I'd go Rafferty and Rocco. Um, no, I I am challenging. Oh, brother Jim Rafferty. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hear me out, brother Jim Rafferty. Okay, challenging him in the big inflatable sumo suits. Okay, We're all right. Me and Raf sumo style. I- can I make an? Can you I, may. Can I make? I an, will give amendment. you an opportunity to amend that. Okay. Ken and Rafferty in the big sumo, sumo suits. You and brother John, another chili kickoff. You will oh. lose. You will lose. How about? <laughs> so I'll take on. I'll take on brother Gates, but it needs to be like another sumo suit or some kind of <laughs> All right. big boxing gloves thing. Loser eats the other's chili. All right, all right. Or it gets doused in their chili or something like that. Or we get a dunk tank with chili in it, something like that. Or maybe you just but, do like um, uh, like a, a chili wrestling match. A little bit like a jello wrestling, but with yes. chili? That's <laughs> disgusting. What's wrong with you? What if somebody sharks? We won't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> You'd never right. know. With that being said, let's shut but it I, down. I, I will take on all challengers. All right. What do you say? Shut us down. Let's shut it down. For the Freemasons podcast, I am your host, right worship brother George Marjorie signing off. Worship brother Joe signing off. And Danny Collins yeah, just signed on. Brother Ken signing off. Have a good night, everyone. Danny Collins just popped on. <laughs> we'll leave the uh, leave the Facebook going for a little bit. I'm going to. Yeah. Good night, everyone.